what's going on? Happy Monday and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game. We are presented, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. Coming up on today's show, myself and Trace Fowler discuss Sunday's Reds game. I'll recap all the Reds minor league action from Sunday and preview and let you know everything you could possibly want to know about the Reds series against the San Francisco Giants. But first, here's what happened on Sunday. Final of a four-game series for the Reds against the Arizona Diamondbacks at Chase Field in Phoenix. Graham Ashcraft on the hill for the Reds against Slade Ciccone of the Diamondbacks. And it was a nothing-nothing game going into the bottom of the third. But the D-backs struck first. They scored thanks to a single by Corbin Carroll, followed by a double by Cattell Marte. Bottom of the fifth, it was still one nothing Diamondbacks. Corbin Carroll smoked a ball off the wall that TJ Friedel crashed into the wall after. By the time Friedel got the ball, fired it back into the infield, Corbin Carroll, with his elite sprint speed, was already rounding third, but Ellie De La Cruz fired home a throw at 99.7. Well off the outfield grass, he gunned down Carroll at the plate to keep it a 1-0 ball game. In the Reds' offense, it had been struggling to say the least. They had just one base runner off Slade Ciccone through five innings, but maybe that throw, just maybe that throw from Ellie De La Cruz injected a little bit of life. Reds in the top of the sixth. Will Benson singled. Tyler Stevenson singled. Benson ran hard first to third. And then a TJ Friedel sack fly tied the game at one and chased Ciccone. In the top of the seventh, Spencer Steer had a leadoff walk. He took second base on a long fly out by pinch hitter Nick Senzel. That brought Noelvi Marte to the plate. Marte just made a great play to start a double play to end the previous inning. And Noelvi Marte singled home steer, making it 2-1 Reds. But unfortunately, the lead did not last long. In the bottom of the seventh, the first batter, Alurius Guriel, cranked a 415-foot home run off Ashcraft to tie the game. Ashcraft did bounce back and get two outs, and then Ian Jabot finished the inning. Ashcraft's final line on the day, six and two-thirds innings, seven hits, two runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Ashcraft has a 2.40 ERA over his last 11 starts. He has been fantastic. But the Reds' bullpen was not fantastic. Ian Jabot came back out. He promptly walked two batters, and he was pulled. Lucas Sims came in. He walked two batters, gave up two sack flies and a ground ball that got past Ellie De La Cruz. was scored a hit, sketchy at best. And just like that, it was 5-2 Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks got... Three runs in the bottom of the eighth on just one sketchy hit at best. And unfortunately, that would end up being the final for the Reds. Reds lose three of four to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Here's what David Bell had to say about the tough loss. There in the eighth tie game, obviously, a uh, recipe for disaster would be four walks at an inning. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um Graham, uh, outstanding today. One of his best starts of the year. Um, really good slider, good cutter. Um, threw some sinkers against the right-handers, but as good as we've seen him all year. Um, our bullpen's pitched a lot. Um, 
and uh, yeah, you're right. That was you know that was definitely a factor in uh, giving out the uh, tie game there. What were they able to do to keep your hitters off balance? Uh, just never seemed to really get in the groove. Yeah, their starter um, did a nice job of throwing strikes. We had some good at-bats early on, some good long at-bats. I felt like we were going to get to them um, after making them work hard. The Martini at-bat, um, as an example, and uh, to his credit, he kept throwing strikes and kept attacking. And um, we hit some balls hard. You know, we had a couple to, to the track, a couple line drive outs, but not enough, not enough to uh, uh, score enough runs to win. How big was the play at the plate that De La Cruz was able to make that throw and stop the inside department? Great play. Great play on their part. Um, you know, I, I think against, uh, you know, in, in, in most situations he makes it there. Um, so you understand completely why they, they tried it. And, uh, you know, it took a perfect play on TJ's part and then just an incredible throw by Ellie and a tight by Tyler to, to be able to cut that down. Turned out to not even be that close. Is three feet? You got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, it's a great arm, you know. But a lot of a lot of other things have to happen. You got to get in good position to um, to make a throw like that. Um, and you know, he was. Ellie was anticipating that. He was. He, he you know, wasn't surprised by it at all. So he was got himself in good position to make a great throw like that. Um, so just all around, good play. Marte had a pretty spectacular double play as well in a close game like that, both those plays. Yeah, it was a great great play um, at the time and just in general, just a, a big play. And, um, you know, he's, uh, Noel, he's uh, handling himself great, um, wanting the ball hit to him, wanting to be at the plate and big at bats. And, um, you know, every day he's, uh, he's enjoying it and playing well. And here's what Graham Ashcraft had to say about his start. You know, I was filling up the zone, throwing both sides of the plate. Didn't really have the two seam tonight. Had to deal with more of the cutter and the slider. But, I mean, filled the zone up. I mean, got good swing and misses. Got outs when I needed to. Gave up that one home run. I mean, he just put a good swing on it. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, thought it was a pretty good night. Home run ball, what were you trying to do with Curry over there? Trying to go cutter up and in. Trying to kind of backed up on me if it would have stayed a little bit more up on the way the spot we were going to I probably would have had him but it just kind of backed up stayed right in the zone and just put a good swing on it how tough is it to not get the series win but also not get the split uh, that you could have had today if you got those got the win is this kind of tough especially with the wild card being at stake with the other team yeah I mean it was it's a big series but there's still a lot of games left I mean we just got to keep trucking we just never know what the future holds I mean we just got to keep rolling and here's Spencer Steer talking to the media about the Reds still playing for a playoff spot. Yeah, I'm just trying to scrap across the run any way we can. Um, wasn't our best day offensively. Their starter did a good job getting ahead of us and attacking the zone. Um, but, I mean, I thought we, we had some good at-bats and hit some balls hard. Just weren't able to get any runs. You guys have been had some games where you guys had the outcome you wanted in a, in a big series with the playoff implications. Was it like just to kind of not get the split here, not get the series win here? Yeah, I mean, obviously you want to win every game possible, but um, we've got another big series coming up with, with San Fran and um, just looking to play good baseball and still got plenty of baseball left, so uh, just got to focus on, you know, tomorrow and winning that one. 
Does it, is it starting to feel like the stakes are starting to rise here? I mean, did, did this feel almost like, not necessarily playoff caliber, but like implications? Yeah, you could. I mean, these games are they're all really important, um, fighting for a playoff spot. So that doesn't change what, what we do on the field. Um, we're still going to be ourselves and play loose, play our, play our brand of baseball. And I think we focus on doing that and coming in every day and focusing on just playing good baseball. I think uh, I think that's a good recipe. A much different team in Arizona than you saw when you guys swept them last month. Yeah, I think you know last month we played them. We were just we were playing good baseball. We, um, I think they're they're just a, as good of a team last month, um, and they obviously showed that this series. And you know they're they're fighting for a playoff spot for a reason too. All right. Well, the Reds now trail the Milwaukee Brewers, who have won eight straight games by six in the NL Central. That's the furthest the Reds have been back and the division race since June 4th. Looking more and more like the wild card is the only path for the Reds. Reds now a game and a half out of the final wild card spot. But the Reds, they're right there with the Cubs, Diamondbacks, and Giants. All those teams are within two games, fighting for just two spots. Marlins also not that far behind, just one and a half behind the Reds and Giants, who are tied. And look, it's a tough schedule ahead for the NL wild card hopefuls this week. Of course, Reds and Giants will be playing each other. More on that later. But the Cubs, they'll be playing the Brewers, and the Cubs start 14 straight games against teams above 500. Feels kind of gross to root for the Brewers, but probably at this point need to root for the Brewers, and hopefully uh, they don't stop winning against the team that we actually want them to win against. Diamondbacks, they'll be going up against the Dodgers in LA. Marlins, not an easier task. They'll be going up against the Rays. All right. Here's myself and Trace Fowler. This is not actually from Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube. Fortunately, had a lot of technical difficulties on Sunday. You can still watch that show on YouTube, although it was uh, uh, not the smoothest listen. So myself and Trace recorded a little bit of uh, conversation late on Sunday night. And uh, you know what? I actually kind of liked it. It was kind of nice to get a, uh, a fresh perspective a little later on after the sting of the... Uh, the loss wore off, and I uh, enjoyed my conversation with Trace. Hope you will enjoy it as well. All right, Nick. Uh, we, we obviously knew this bullpen was due to probably give up some runs. We've been talking about that for at least a week at this point. Days, I had mentioned the other night, I thought Alexis Diaz was due for a blown save. Thankfully, he he's not done that yet. But sure enough, as soon as I, I mentioned Alexis Diaz uh, not getting a chance to blow his save the other night, it was because other guys, and that's the same thing that happened tonight. Uh, I think Jabot, that's that's gonna be the topic of conversation. Nick, fair or wrong, right or you know, good or bad, doesn't matter. People are gonna say, oh, they blew it. We all know that probably we should be talking about the offense, Nick. But really quickly before we get into the offense, uh, I guess the overall thoughts on this bullpen are just that we're this is gonna happen. Uh, Jabot's not gonna be perfect for the rest of the year. It is it is unfortunate, Nick. I don't know how you feel about it. It is a little bit gross the way that it happened, though. It's one thing to get hit. And give up runs, it's another thing to walk guys and walk guys really as non-competitive as they did, Nick. They, 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 I don't know if you have it in front of you, but it felt like they had two four-pitch walks and one five-pitch walk. Uh, and for those that don't know baseball, four pitches is, is the maximum or the minimum it takes to actually walk a guy. So not really hard to do uh, four-pitch, four-pitch, five-pitch. But I guess your overall thoughts on the bullpen and then just kind of keeping it moving into the offense. 
Yeah, I mean, the Diamondbacks got three runs uh, on one hit, and the one hit was suspect at best, a ball that maybe Ellie De La Cruz could have came up with. So, yeah, I mean, that that's tough. Uh, you're coming off a game that was 11 innings on Saturday night where the entire Reds pitching staff walked two batters and you walked four in one inning. So, yeah, I don't think there's any long-term concerns with Sims or Jabot. I think, unfortunately, just both of them had really bad days on the same day in the same inning. It is what it is. This bullpen is, has held the team together all year. It didn't work out tonight, but like you said, the bigger point is the offense. If if the Reds score more than two runs uh, against a pitcher that really, realistically, they should have, and you you can keep saying, uh, you know, hey, these guys are, are, are professional athletes too. They're going to have success, but it's just been too many of these guys that have overperformed against the Reds offense that is starting to make it more of a concern at this point. Couldn't I couldn't agree more. I do think there's a tipping point here to where we have to actually look ourselves in the mirror as Reds fans and ask ourselves what do we have. And uh, you know, like like I said, uh, like I said the other day, I'll say it again. You know, unfortunately, this team it, it, they're going to go through growing pains because all of the guys and all of the all of the contributors on this team that we've come to expect to be contributors are young players. I know people are tired of hearing us saying that. But again, let me lay this out. I'll paint this picture as, 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 as eloquently as I can. If I told you before the year, Hunter Green was going to be a disappointment. Nick Lodolo would be a disappointment. Uh, Jonathan India would be a disappointment. Tyler Stevenson would be a disappointment. Um, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't really know if you could be honest with yourself and actually think that they weren't going to lose 100 games. In fact, people were going to say they were going to lose 100 games regardless, even with those guys. And again, I'm not here to, you know, people are probably tired of hearing about this, uh, this kind of song and dance that is, oh, you know, we got a bunch of young guys and next year is going to be great. And the year after that's going to be great. Nothing's promised. Nothing's promised. I get that nothing's guaranteed. Nick, I'm, I'm well aware that, that Reds fans can be very frustrated at the fact that they're watching an offense that looks like it's swirling right down the old drain. But again, Nick, I hearken back to just at bats that I watch most of the good at bats are coming from young guys. They just are. Uh, Noel V. Marte made some unbelievable plays in the field. I don't want that to go unmentioned. Um, so I guess overall, am I disappointed? Sure. Yeah, I am disappointed. It feels like we had a huge opportunity this year to, to, to make the postseason at the All-Star break. It felt like this team was, I mean, on top of the world. And quite frankly, I think we all were on top of the world. And we've kind of come back down to earth now, haven't we, Nick? Yes and no. As disappointing as this Diamondback series was, the Reds did somehow still go four and three on the road this past week. And I get it. I know you like to say all the time it feels gross. It does feel gross when you lose three or four games to the Diamondbacks. The only game that you won was in 11 innings. A bunch of those games in LA, you were probably fortunate to, to sweep that series. But you can't ask for more than four and three on the road at the same time. So it's kind of this this mental gymnastics you're almost kind of playing in your head right now. Uh, and, and I mean, look, Reds have a great week against the Giants and Cubs. All is forgiven very, very quickly. Uh, that's how, how how this season can either flip or it could go completely off the rails. And it, it's felt like there's been so many times the Reds have been teetering on that all year. And, and, and it's like, oh, maybe they're maybe this is it. Maybe this is the end. And oh, they, they keep finding a way to keep it strumming along. Can they continue to do that? I have no idea. I'll be honest. I have no idea. I could see the Reds going two and 
five this week. I could see the Reds going five and two, and it wouldn't shock me either way. That's a great point. The other thing that that, that, I, that I should bring up or mention is that you know we're we're talking about six days of baseball, just six days of baseball that these guys have to play in huge, meaningful games. And if they get hot for six days, then the season's right back on track, and nobody even remembers this Arizona series, right? I mean, we we could we we can another another point to be made is just like think about back throughout the season, Nick, about all the series that we thought were just you know, abysmal and they were going to doom us. I, I I can go all the way back to that Pittsburgh series in Pittsburgh at the beginning of this year where they got swept and you're like, oh, here we go. They got the Rangers coming to town. The Rangers are one of the best teams in baseball. They're probably going to get swept by them. And then they turn around and they sweep the Rangers. And then, you know, then you, you can harken back all the way to the, the, the Cubs series where, you know, again, if, as, as bad as that felt, Nick, to lose – to lose three of those four games and the way they got beaten Wrigley, they got, I mean, they absolutely got pounced. But again, they only lost two games in the standings. In fact, to try to to try to jump on your point here with Arizona, and I was as down as anybody. When we were, when we were doing this recording uh, right now, I mean, I'm down. I, I feel I feel like this team is is not going to probably make the postseason in my heart of hearts, and, it, and that sucks. But I, I just listening to you, Mr. Ball of Optimism there, they really only lost one game in this Arizona series. They only lost one game. They lost two games in the standings, yes, but they also got the tiebreaker, so that adds a game, in my opinion. That's the way I look at it. So they lost one game in a really, really bad series. And 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 you could, like you said, you could argue. In fact, if they didn't make that comeback yesterday, Nick, they not only would have not gotten the win, they would have also lost the tiebreaker, and then they would have actually lost five games in this series. That's how crazy this thing is. So I don't know, man. And baseball is a wild sport. I try to, I try not to get overreactive. I know that's the, that's my MO, but um, to your point, four and three, got a three game set with the giants, lock it back in, take two or three from the giants, get a day off, come home. And you got three games, or I say not three games, but three days of baseball against the Cubs, Nick. And, uh, and I'm going to keep saying it all the way up until the Cubs series because I want people to understand how big of a series that's going to be. I think that's the season. I really do. I think that if they can take three or four or and hell sweep the Cubs, then they're right back on track. And if they don't, then I think that's probably that's probably coffin nails, as they call them in the Bengals games. But um, we'll see how it goes. If you not bought your tickets down there on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday for Labor Day weekend, Please do that. I know it sounds like I'm working for the Reds, but God bless it. We need as many Reds fans down there as we can. I'm tired of hearing the co-cubbies go. I'm tired of it, Nick. Yeah, I'm tired too. Uh, but yeah, you got a week to to completely right the ship. Uh, it, it's just been one of these seasons where you really just don't know what to expect on a night-to-night basis, and that's what you have with, with a, a young team. The one thing I will say, though, looking at the Reds' offense is – they're really lacking a bona fide star hitter right now. And, and Matt McClain was kind of filling that void and Elliot times and, and other guys, but these guys aren't ready to, to, to be the bona fide star. I mean, Matt McClain's got an 864 OPS. That's incredible for a rookie, but that's not, that's not a star hitter. Will Benson, he's been incredible. That's an 859 OPS. There's not a single guy in this lineup that even is sniffing like a 900 OPS right now. And, and and that's like where, you know, like when you were talking like 2010 and 2012, some of these stretches could be avoided because Joey Vada was had a thousand plus OPS and 
you, you know, he's he's you're going to be able to count on not every night, but you're going to be able to count on him more times than not to come through. Uh, and, and that's what this team's lacking. But that's OK. That That's what we signed up for this year. Uh, so we'll have to just see how it plays out. But I do like the way I like the way Tyler Stevens is swinging the bat. I think that's a positive, especially at the bottom of the order. I like what I've seen out of Noel V. Marte. Uh, and I still think I still think CES is going to get really hot here at some point. I think he's got that in him. Yeah, I, I actually was getting, I legitimately, it's about as good of a cue as you could have put up there because I was getting ready to say, listen, when it comes to hitting, you got to have guys that can hit the ball over the fence. That's just the facts of life. That's what it is in modern baseball. You have to be able to do that on a consistent basis. And I get they played in Arizona, right? That's a huge ballpark. I mean, there was some, all, let's, let's face it. In fact, if we want to be honest with ourselves again with this offense, I can count. I can count. Ellie De La Cruz could have had a home run the other night. Spencer Steer had a home run. He could have had the other night. Matt McLean had a home run to center field. I think he could have had the other night. And I think that this game that would have been a huge home run. Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel's ball to right field today. I don't have uh, the the wood at dong right in front of me. You might, but I feel like that could have been gone at Great American Ballpark on the right day. So I don't know. Do you have some of those? Do you have some of those metrics in front of you? Yeah, uh, this game on Sunday didn't really feel like the Reds a- as much as throughout other times of the series didn't have as many balls that felt like, oh, I mean, that's a home and a group ballpark. They had two today. I didn't even realize Nick Martini's. Uh, I don't even remember when it was. It must have been early in the game. His was a home run at Great American Ballpark. Nixon's else was a home run at Great American Ballpark. So uh, Reds have a lot of games at home. Uh, obviously, the next series in San Francisco is not going to be the help. That's a really no. tough park to hit a home run in. Uh, but that that's the kind of park too that you know I'm I'm hoping maybe a park like San Francisco we can see Ellie and McLean and, and even some of these guys like Steer that that have like some sneaky speed hit the ball in the gap and 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 really use that speed as an advantage. I thought maybe we'd see it a little bit more in Arizona than we saw, uh, but San Francisco is a perfect ballpark for some of that. Hopefully, uh, Ellie can hit a couple balls just. You know, it'd be great if he just hit hit like some off the bat after he got. Remember the other night he had two hundred and seven plus hit balls. It'd be great if he just like hits a couple off the bat. They go and he's you know on third base without even trying. Uh, but that that could happen in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, for for those that you know, uh, I don't know what metric you like to use on offense to go off of, but if you just go off of OPS in and of itself, um. The Reds are the Reds are at league average, and if you take away what I would argue, if you take away some of these rookies that got incredibly hot that probably played over their head for a little bit of time, if you take their OPS away, uh, this uh, this this Reds team significantly is going to be pretty low in league average standpoints in regards to their productivity at the plate. And I know that you can't cherry pick stats, or you can kind of make stats look however you want in regards to how you decide to, to, to divulge them. Um, but again, I don't think anybody that's watched this team on a daily basis right now feels really good about this lineup. And, uh, that, that brings up maybe a quick point I want to try to figure out here and maybe we have an update, maybe we don't, but it really comes down to will Fraley and will India be able to return? And if they do return, are they going to produce? Because Hunter Green, everyone was like, Hey, Hunter Green, we got to get Hunter Green back. And I'm not saying Hunter Green can't help us, Nick, but it's not a guarantee that as soon as a guy comes back, he's going to have produce at the level you think he might. Yeah, it's funny you said that because I was I was thinking I was like you know what I, I I probably did misspeak a little bit because Jake Fraley is I think 
a bona fide star hitter against right-handed pitching. I know maybe he doesn't feel like that to everyone else, but I think when you look at his numbers over the last couple of years against right-handed pitching, he's up there as one of the best hitters in in the, in the sport. Uh, Fraley is supposed to play games uh, at the, at AAA on Tuesday and Wednesday, hoping to come back for the Cubs series. You hope there's some magic. You hope he can play through the pain. It's just whenever you hear the word pain, playing through pain, honestly, yeah. it's probably more realistic to expect. It's probably not going to be anything close to what he is. But, hey, there's a possibility, and I, I don't think he could hurt. Um, India is is uh, doing some activities and stuff, but there's no timetable on when he might actually return. So you're probably looking at absolute best case scenario middle of september yeah yeah i mean it's uh we're, we're just in a position where we gotta try to survive in advance and i had said whatever whatever it took what i say we needed to go 500 and uh right now i think we're we're, we're about to be are we what are we about 500 we're about 500 i think we're one game below 500 from when i said they needed to go 500 so you know like i said before I think the one thing we all keep forgetting in the back of our, at least in the back of our minds, I know it's there, but I think we forget it because it's not right in front of us, is that this team does play some pretty bad teams down the stretch here, guys. They play some pretty bad teams. Uh, you'd like to think that the pitching that we're going to face is going to be pretty poor, and that when we play them in Great American Ballpark, Nick, uh, let's just hope that the, uh, let's just hope two things. The pitching staff continues to do what they've done. That's everybody, starting pitching and bullpen, uh, you know, I know we didn't even bring up Graham Ashcraft because you know why? We've come to expect what Graham Ashcraft did today, which is a great blessing for this team. Uh, I remember me and you, Nick, were actually hoping that he was going to get a couple re, you know, know, rehab starts. I don't know. I mean, I know he got hurt. I don't want to make it sound like he didn't get hurt. But earlier this year, when he got hit in the calf by the dot in the Dodgers game, he left early. We were like, yeah, that might be great. We just sent him down and maybe can get two or three starts in Louisville and come back up. And he didn't obviously do that, Nick, but. Uh, it's it's a blessing to have him back on the mound and throwing the ball the, the way that he has. And you'd like to think, I know people are going to kill us for saying this because I know you believe the same thing. You'd like to think that Hunter Green's going to throw the ball a little bit better. I mean, he's gonna he's not that bad. Everybody wants to think he sucks. He doesn't he doesn't suck, guys. He's 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 just fine. He'll be fine. Is he going to be Randy Johnson or Kurt Schilling or, or 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 Verlander Prime? Those Prime guys? Maybe not. He might not be those guys. But I think he's going to be serviceable. And you got a pretty good matchup for Hunter Green. I, I say that as I knock on wood as hard as I can. The Giants are a beat-up team, and that's a good ballpark for Hunter Green because it's easier, one of the easiest parks to keep the the ball in the uh, the yard. I can't remember how many times Bronson Arroyo started out there and gave up balls that felt like they were hit eight miles that just died. So, uh, yeah, he's got a really good opportunity here. I, I, he'll start on Wednesday in that series against the Giants. A really, really great opportunity to turn around. But, yeah, we do have to say, I mean, Graham Ashcraft's got a 2.40 ERA over 11 starts. And I was dead wrong. I was like, what are they doing? Uh, not sending this guy down to Louisville for a rehab assignment. You've got an opportunity to send him down. Uh, that doesn't cost you an option or anything. Like you can send him down on a rehab assignment, but Hey, they, they clearly do something more or they got really lucky. One of the two, maybe the truth lies somewhere in the middle, as you always say. Uh, but he, he's been incredible. And, uh, uh, for as bad as, uh, as bad or as not bad is the wrong word, but as, 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 uh, disappointing of a season as it's been for green and Lodolo, Ashcraft's been the exact opposite and at least gives us some hope, uh, there. 
Yeah, the last point I want to make, when I say, because people always want to come at me sometimes when I say Hunter Green's been a disappointment, Nick Lodolo's been a disappointment. Uh, I'm not talking about so much as the performance. You know, I do think that, I do think Lodolo can still be a great pitcher. I just mean from the productivity that you expected to get and what you actually got, he can't help that he got hurt. Um, I'm well aware that he can't help that he got hurt. It's no, I'm not trying to blame him or put, put any fault on him. I'm just saying that before the year started, clearly you were expecting to get one thing and you got a whole nother thing. Um, not that, that there's blame anywhere for that. That's just the facts and that's the truth. So, uh, Nick, they play again. They get to play again. And they get to play again. So, you know, that's the thing. The season's not over. I know people might think that the season's dead. Season's not dead, Nick. We get to do this again. And uh, as always, we'll be there for it because we do them after every game. And that's just the way it goes. So, uh, you got some Reds MILB. And then we'll obviously get into the probables. But uh, but otherwise, before we get to that, you got anything else to add on uh, today's game or the future Cincinnati Reds? Yeah, 30 games to play. It's really at this point a, a sprint to the finish. Every game matters so much. Uh, and that's exciting. It, it's, it's exciting that these games matter, even if it doesn't turn out the way we want. Because uh, I watched this team in September last year. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, there was there was guys like Spencer Steer coming up, and I enjoyed some of those little things. But it's not even close to to, to the feeling of, that these games have and the magnitude of it. So uh, try to soak that in and try to enjoy it and uh, try to have a little bit of fun along the way. No doubt. Well, if you're not enjoying this, then I think, like I said before, you you probably have your expectations and your perspective need to get humbled just a little bit. All right, let's get you caught up on all of the Reds minor league action from Sunday. We'll start with AAA. Louisville Bats, they lost 6-1 to to Toledo. Bats now 65-59 and on the season. Seward Fairchild was 0-3 for with a walk. Fairchild, though, did have exit velocities of 103.8, 94.4, and 94.1 in his three batted balls of the day in his second rehab game coming back from his concussion. So, overall, Fairchild did hit the ball pretty well on Sunday for Louisville. Hope to have him back soon. Trey Mancini has been great, but wasn't great on Sunday. 0 for 4, two strikeouts. Jose Barrero has also been great, wasn't great on Sunday. 0 for 4. Levi Stout started the game for the bats. A little bit better than some of his other starts, but still walked four batters. Only three runs allowed over five innings, so at least a little bit of a positive for Stout as he hopes to close the 2023 season on a high note. Reliever Jason Sharif. Uh, pitched a perfect inning with one strikeout. Uh, and Sharif, he's only allowed one hit, no walks, and four strikeouts so far in three innings for the Louisville Bats since the Reds signed him. And as a lefty with Alex Young out, probably a chance that uh, Sharif uh, gets a crack with the Major League Club at some point this season. One other note, Tony Santion, he pitched a perfect inning with two strikeouts. Good to see that from Santion as he's really struggled since coming back from injury. All right, Double A Chattanooga. They lost six-five to Tennessee in ten innings, but Blake Dunn had another fantastic day. Hit two home runs. He's now got twenty home runs on the season between Dayton and Chattanooga. And at Chattanooga, he's just taking his game to another level. Blake Dunn is hitting three fifty-three with an OPS over one thousand in sixty-three games for the Lookouts. Reese Hines was 0-4 on Sunday. Dayton, they lost 4-0 to Lansing. Uh, the Dayton Dragons, they've now lost four straight games, and they have fallen to 3.5 back in the Midwest League East Division second-half race. 
Not a whole lot going on in this game. Edwin Arroyo was one for four. Carlos Jorge, one for three. Uh, Austin Hendrick, 0 for four. Hector Rodriguez got the day off. And the Daytona Tortugas, they lost 6-4 in 10 innings, capping off the full sweep 0-5 for the Reds between their four minor league affiliates and the Reds themselves. However, Cam Collier, another great day, 2-4 for four with a double. Cam Collier is hitting 341 with a 940 OPS in the month of August. All right, Reds and Giants. This is a huge series as these two teams are tied now in the wild card race. They are the next team out from the final wild card spot. Each of them are a game and a half back. A Reds 68 and 64, Giants 67 and 63. Uh, quickly, the uh, series matchups Monday, 945, Andrew Abbott against Kyle Harrison. More on that pitching matchup in a second. Tuesday, also at 9.45, Brandon Williamson versus Alex Cobb. And then Wednesday, 3.45, strange start time uh, on the East Coast, Hunter Green against Logan Webb. And if you are uh, kind of sick of all of these late starts, interesting schedule quirk the rest of the way. After these first two games in San Francisco, the Reds only play four games the entire rest of the season that have a start time after 6.40. Three of those are 7 o'clock starts. One's an 8 o'clock start the last Friday of the season in St. Louis. So, second of the late starts, you will get your wish. You'll have a lot of early starts. Fortunately, 6.40, not my favorite cup of tea. But nonetheless, some information on you for the San Francisco Giants. Giants playoff odds, they're at 45.4%, so they are definitely... Uh, well within the race, but they have not been playing great baseball of late. They're just 5-12 and 12 over the last 17 games, are coming off an impressive 8-5 win over the Atlanta Braves on Sunday Night Baseball. And really, it hasn't just been that stretch over the last uh, couple weeks. Giants 21-27 and 27 since July 1st with a minus 48 run differential. And a big reason for that, they are banged up. Currently missing four regular position players, Mike Ostremski, Michael Conforto, Mitch Hanniger, and Brandon Crawford all on the IL. Giants there also. They start this series against the Reds. It'll be day four of 13 straight days for them without an off day, which actually ends with a trip to Chicago against the Cubs. Giants, they've been a much better team at home this year, 36-30 and 30 at home. Uh, they're two games under 500 actually on the road. Also, they've been a pretty good team against teams above 538 and 35, and they've done really good against the NL Central 8 and 9 on this uh, this season. The Giants, they're a different team. They rank last in Major League Baseball in average innings pitched by their starter at just 4.4 innings. Uh, Reds, for comparison, they're at 5.0. MLB average is 5.2. Giants essentially only have two starting pitchers, Logan Webb and Alex Cobb, that they push deep into the game. Fortunately for the Reds, unfortunately for the Reds, they have, we'll see both in this series. Most of the other starters look to just go three to four innings and they'll often have multiple bulk relievers. Um, also, they'll even occasionally mix in a traditional opener as well, although we're not expected to see any of them in the series. Alex Wood, former Red, and Sean Manea, two names you might know, actually come in relief more often than not for the Giants. Uh, Giants, they rank last in Major League Baseball in stolen bases, so obviously contrast of style with the Reds, who are first. 
Giants have 47 stolen bases. Reds have 153. Giants have only stole one base in the entire month of August. Uh, Giants also have the most airs in the National League. They've got 86. Really struggled hitting the home run ball. They only have 20, the lowest in the National League in the month of August. All right. All right, some quick notes on the Reds, where they're at before we get to this pitching matchups. Reds playoff odds updated at 21%, uh, according to Fangraphs. Reds, of course, they do lead Major League Baseball with 41 comeback wins. As bad as the last week was, they had four comeback wins in the last week. And the Reds, of course, coming off a tough road series, but they have been really good on the road this year. Reds 37-30 and 30 on the road, still 30-15, and 15, even with the series loss to the Dimex 30-15 and 15 since May 26th. Reds have still won 10 of their last 14 road series. This will also be the first Bay Area series of his career for Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, he was born about 28 miles from Oracle Park. Uh, and uh, CES actually grew up an A's fan. So <laughs> um, hopefully uh, he's wanting to put a hurting on the Giants. Reds have had some success against the Giants. Reds did split the four-game series with the Giants in late July at Great American Ballpark. Reds outscored the Giants 2018 in that series. Two of those games actually decided by one run. Another game was decided by two runs in extra innings. Reds pitching held the Giants to just three runs and eight hits over the final two games of that series, which were both wins for the Reds. And the Reds, they are 17-13 and at Oracle Park. Since 2013, that's the Reds' best record over that span against any National League team. And it's, in fact, their only winning record against the National League team since 2013. So hopefully the Reds can keep some of that success that they've had alive. Some players to watch out for the Giants, of course, they do full platoon lineups. So expect to see uh, two very different lineups uh, in this series with Hunter Green on the mound versus the lefties on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Wilmer Flores has been on fire of late, having a really great season. He has tied his career high with 19 home runs, hitting third in that that Giants lineup. Patrick Beverly, if you haven't heard about him, he is an elite defensive catcher. He's throwing out 23 runners, stealing bases, so he'll look to keep the Reds' uh, running game in check this series. Uh, Just an absolutely elite catcher. Also likes to do the back picks um, and has incredible pop time, so definitely watch out for him. Paul DeYoung is on his third team this year. He's kind of been a fill-in shortstop. Started with the Cardinals, uh, went to the Blue Jays to fill in for Bo Bichette. Now to the Giants to cover Brandon Crawford in the I.L., but he has been struggling. He went 3-for-44 with the Blue Jays and just 3-for-17 since getting acquired by the Giants. But Paul DeYoung has 18 home runs against the Reds most of his entire career. Giants also have a guy expecting the lineup on Monday and Tuesday against a lefty. Uh... It is Elliot Ramos. That is the younger brother of Henry Ramos, a former first-round draft pick. Has struggled kind of to get to the big leagues. Finally, he's made it. Only the Giants' number 26th-ranked prospect, uh, but a guy that had some talent. And, of course, Henry Ramos' brother, so he'll be interested to see what he can do for the Giants. All right, to the starting pitching matchup on Monday. For the Giants, it'll be Kyle Harrison. He was the He's the Giants' top prospect, the number 20 overall prospect in baseball, and the top left-handed prospect. He made his major league debut uh, last week against the Phillies, Uh, only went three and a third innings, gave up two runs, uh, did 
strike out five batters. He's a guy that moved quickly through the Giants' uh, farm system, only made 69 nice minor league starts, did not reach double A until late May of last season. But he really wasn't that great at triple A this year. One and three with a 5.40 ERA. Was pitching well of late, had a 3.18 ERA in 11 uh, in a third innings um, over his last couple starts. Uh, this will also be Harrison's home debut. Sure, it'll be special for him. He's born in the San Jose area, so he will be expected to have a lot of family and friends in attendance. And one more note on Harrison. Giants manager Gabe Kapler said that Harrison will be on a pitch limit on Monday. Um, not a strict one, said probably in the 75 to 80 pitch range. For the Reds, it'll be Andrew Abbott. They're hoping he can bounce back. Struggled a little bit of late. Abbott pitched six plus innings in eight of his first 10 big league starts with the Reds, but he's failed to make it through six innings and now five consecutive starts. Walks have been drastically up for Abbott. He's got a 6.46 ERA over his last five starts. But the Giants, an offense that has been struggling in a ballpark that should, uh, that fits pitchers a lot better. Hopefully Abbott can get it done. And Abbott sure got it done in his start against the Giants earlier this year. Back on July 20th, eight innings, one hit, no runs, struck out six batters. So hopefully Andrew Abbott can find some of that magic again. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for Chatterbox Reds. Looking forward to this uh, week for the Reds. Big, big week for the Reds with the Giants and the Cubs. Uh, hopefully the Reds, hey, look, find a way to get some wins this week. You can completely erase this uh, tough series over the last weekend. Uh, and hopefully the Reds can find a way to get it done. We would really appreciate it if you just take two seconds, leave us a quick five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. That kind of stuff really, really helps us out uh, with the show and the metrics and all that kind of fun stuff. Of course, be sure to check out Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Um, we'll be live about midnight again, Monday night and Tuesday night. Uh, so join us for that. And of course, if you can't, podcasts like every single day, always available bright and early for you. Well, hope you have a great Monday. Hope you have an even better week. We'll talk to you again soon. And as always, go Reds. Go Reds.